Welcome to the like, Destiny Podcast. So I was thinking, we were talking about different spiritual di- disciplines, weren't we? Um, and how the message of grace, of our identity, of the goodness of God, how that affects things like um, reading our Bible, praying, fasting, you know, whatever these disciplines, confession, uh, conviction, different things like that. And I was thinking about it this morning, I was just... Um, I was reading this passage in Matthew again, and, and I was just thinking about worship and how we we love the concept that we have created that is worship. Um, namely, we like to sing to Jesus. And I'm not even sure how much we like to sing to Jesus. We like to give ourselves a pat on the back, basically, is what worship most of the time seems to be. Um, but actually, I was, I was just thinking about it. I came across this passage again. It's one of my favorite passages because it's probably the most challenging passage to me in the scriptures um, because it's pretty much the only thing Jesus said about worship. And it doesn't look anything like what we do on a Sunday morning or even what we do throughout the week necessarily in regards to worshiping Jesus. Um, and so let me quickly read to you. I think it's um, Matthew 25, uh, verses 35. It says, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison, you came to me. And then the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And he said to them, truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of my brothers, you did it to me. And this is the most explicit um, passage in all of the gospels where Jesus tells you, this is how you devote love towards me. This is how you, you give something of what you have back to me. This is how you love and show love to me, God. Go love your neighbor. And honestly, I don't see any neighbors listed there that are particularly people I want to hang around with, right? They're not, you know, like the celebrities. They're not my best friends because my best friend isn't, you know, homeless, naked, in prison, sick, coughing and spluttering all over me, right? You know, my best friend is going to the coffee house with me and it's really nice and we have a good chat and a laugh. No, no, these, these are not the people we want to be around. And it challenges me because the truth is it doesn't really fit in a lot of my modern self-centered Christianity. You know, we've talked about this before, how we often um, we love a gospel that revolves around us. Um, but the truth is the gospel is not an individualistic gospel. And we love Jesus is my Lord and personal Savior. Yes, but no. Jesus didn't come to die for you. He came to die for the world. And he didn't come to give you a cushy life. He came to give us an abundant life. It's not about you. It's about we. It's about us. It's about all of us. And I think a lot of times because people forget and try and draft themselves into a corporate salvation. So they come to church and I'm saved. I don't need a personal relationship with Jesus. So we go, whoa, 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 that's really messed up. You need a relationship with Jesus. But because we focus so much on you need an individual personal relationship with Jesus, we, we make it this kind of like self-help, 
individualistic kind of gospel that removes you from your community, from people around you, from the world, from actually the fact that God isn't remotely invested in you having an abundant life if it doesn't hit the people around you. You know, what does John say in his uh, letter? He says, if you say you love God and you don't love your brother and sister, you're a liar. And that's like, oh, right? Because there's plenty of times where I'm like, I don't really love my literal brother and sister. Never mind the other people at church or whatever. Um, like, it's, it's hard. It's hard to um, sometimes break out of an individualistic gospel. You know, I, I think of things like, you know, we're doing the keep your love on. Um, which is amazing stuff. Like really, honestly, that stuff's changed my life probably more than a lot of teachings I've had over decades. I mean, that stuff has just changed my life entirely. How to do relationships well and healthy, create healthy boundaries, you know, like just really, really helpful stuff. But again, whilst it's really healthy, I've seen it become some of the most destructive stuff I've ever seen in people's lives. Because I've seen people who have this individualistic um, Christianity. Christianity is all about me. It's all about me enjoying Jesus. And I don't really care about anyone else around me. The only people I really want to spend time around with are the other people that are doing really well and nice and Christian have the same view of God as me. And my boundaries become an excuse not to go feed the poor, go love the homeless, go spend time with that person at church I don't really like but they're having a hard time and they need someone to talk to. And so I guess I, I just wanted to like just have a discussion uh, more than anything else of, you know, if this is such a, an emphasis in Jesus's ministry, I mean, you look at Jesus, it, I mean, does it challenge you at all? It should, okay? This should really challenge you. Um, which do you think Jesus speaks more about in the gospels? Your relationship with God or your relationship with your brother and sister? Yeah, he actually rarely talks about your relationship with God. And like that shocks people. But it's because you can't separate those. There's no difference to Jesus because your relationship with your brother and sister is your relationship with God. He goes, how you are loving that person for me is how you're loving me. And you can't say you love me without doing that well. What does he say? He says, if you go to the temple to worship me, right, which actually just to offer your sacrifice and um, your, your, um, your alms and your tithes or whatever, he says, Go home if you're falling out with your brother that week and go make it right. And you're like, God's saying, look, I don't even want you to come to church unless you can get your act together and love your neighbor. I mean, how many of us would be at church on Sunday sometimes, right? I know I would be skipping a lot of services each year because there's a lot of weeks where I've not sorted stuff out and I've fallen out with people or I'm bitter or created some boundaries to avoid that person, right? Even though they probably desperately need what's in my life. I don't know, does that, does that stuff challenge you? Like, that challenges me a lot. Like, because I like my cozy Christianity and I like my comfortable life, right? Which, wherever you end up on the spectrum, there's probably people in the third world that aren't doing remotely well compared to us that are still pretty cushy and comfortable compared to the next person, you know? And so wherever we are on the spectrum, we might be a poor student living in a student house, you know, going alongside destiny. We're still a lot better off than a lot of people. And how often do we find ourselves isolating or removing ourselves from someone that needs us because i'm liking my life and god's blessed me and that's why i'm i'm in this privileged position and i have to protect myself with my boundaries or i'll burn out i couldn't possibly go and feed the poor because actually i'm really tired today 
Or it's not really my gifting to go feed the poor. Wow. Right? I mean, I don't know if you've heard that before. I've heard stuff. I, I, I just literally had a, a meeting with a pastor um, recently. Um, wasn't in sales, so you're fine. Um, had a meeting with a pastor recently, and uh, they were talking about their apostolic gifting and how they were called to influence the city and help establish and plant many churches and stuff. And, uh, and I was just challenging them. I'm like, how do you love your people? What does it look like for you to love the people in your church and just to connect with them? Like, what do you do? How do you connect with them? Because your church is growing. How are you being intentional about connecting? Do you know what he said? That's not my gifting. My gifting isn't to spend time with the people in my church. And I'm just like, well, his gifting is to be above everyone and to be apostolic and to install leaders that would then go and, and oh, it makes me sick. It makes me literally feel sick. Um, and I, and absolutely, like there's elements of, yeah, this is my job and this is my role and I, and I, I can't practically be with everyone. But to, to specifically say, I'm gifted to do this, therefore I can't love this person. Or I can't, because I, I'm not expecting them to say, oh, I go for lunch with every person in my church. I'm just expecting them to figure out or, or, ch- or challenging anyone. Like, what does it look like for me to make sure people feel loved by me? What does it look like for me to do something, whatever it is? Um, and so, like, I think a lot of times we use this, these terms like giftings or calls to be like, well, I'm not called to look after the poor. I'm not called to look after the homeless. Well, there's no one in this scripture uh, no one in, in Christianity that isn't called to do that. That is one of the core tenets of the faith is to lo- go love and look after the broken and the, and the hurting and the dying and the sick and um, the oppressed and the imprisoned. Like that is one of the core tenets of the faith. We talked about the other day, you know, you've got things like, what do you think about heaven and hell? I don't know. Like, I don't know the ins and outs of that because the Bible isn't black and white. You know what it is black and white about? Go love your neighbor. Go look after the sick. Like those are black and white. You can't, you can't go, oh, that's not really my gifting. Or, ah, uh, I've got some boundaries in place right now and homeless people aren't allowed over it because I don't like to have to Febreze my clothes when I get home, <laughs> right? Whatever your lame, awful excuse is, like, right? But at times we genuinely do have nice, comfortable boundaries of like, ah, uh, I, I can't really do outreach. Um, it's, I'm just really tired with school and a bit burned out and I just want to focus on school because that's building me up. And in long term, I'll be able to do more outreach that way. No. It doesn't work like that, does it? And so I guess um, I, I want to challenge you guys. I, I'm not going to talk for long. I, I, I'd probably rather have a bit more of a discussion, to be honest with you. Of like, what is this, how do we live in a tension of being healthy, being whole, looking after ourselves, which I do think is a very core um, key to life, like to, to putting ourselves um, in a position where we're, we're, we're making sure we're fed, we're, we're looked after, we're not burning out. But at the same time, how do, we, how do we do that well? How do we do that so that we are being a blessing to those that, um, that are in our lives? You know, I mean, the Bible is very clear. You're blessed for one purpose and one purpose alone, to be a blessing. And yet a lot of us want to be blessed to be blessed. We quite like to draw the line in the sand at that point. Um, oh, I'm blessed. Hallelujah. How favorite am I? Yes, for a reason. Go love the person next to you. Go share it with the person next to you. And we don't necessarily always take that second step. And I, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. Like, I'm so guilty of this. I'm sitting in the shower, like, rethinking this message. And I'm like, this is what I want to talk about because this is what I'm challenged about. And I've been challenged about this for the rest, like, my whole life. Every time I read this stuff, I'm like, oh, I don't like it. I don't because it's not comfortable. 
it isn't comfortable to go and spend time with the poor and the broken and the hurting. And so that's what I would advise you do to help you with your problem with Chris. So. Hey, welcome back. <laughs> um, do you guys do you guys understand this? Like, we'll probably transition to a bit more of a discussion now. I, I don't want to um, talk about it for ages. Um, personally, I'm, I'm happy to interject, but I, I'd love to have a bit of discussion about it. Um, but do you guys understand what I'm saying? Do you guys ever feel that tension of like, how do I do this stuff? Do you read this stuff in the Bible? Because you notice it's in the Bible a lot, especially the New Testament. Like Jesus is really hammering this stuff home. We're just talking about um, what does your worship look like? Because like the clearest expression of worship in the New Testament is go love people, go feed the poor, go look after the sick, go visit people in prison, go put clothes on people that are naked, go like give homeless people somewhere to stay. Like, that's what Jesus says. He says, you want to worship me? Go do that. He doesn't say, you know, sing a song or, you know, any of the many things we like to do. And those things are good. You know, you know I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying, do, let me put it this way. How many hours a week do you spend listening to worship music and worshiping God? Maybe like one at church or a couple, you know, if you listen to some CDs in the car or you maybe lie down at home and soak to, with God or something for a few hours. Like, so if you spend maybe between one and five hours doing that a, a week, that's awesome. How many hours a week are you spending with people that are truly, quote unquote, unlovable, that nobody wants to spend any time with, that nobody has given any help to, that everyone has turned their back on? How many hours a week are you doing that with? Is hours too generous? How many minutes a week are we doing? Oh, seconds, right? Some weeks I could be, I could... I couldn't even give you one minute that I consciously, maybe, maybe I have, maybe I haven't, I don't know. But I'm like, there's weeks where I'm like, no, nah, I didn't do anything. That should challenge us, right? Thank you for listening to the I Destiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.